And welcome back, everybody. Episode number 12 of the CC Football Podcast. Joining with me, as always, is my friend, my colleague, my peer, Craig Castellino. Thank you so much for that intro. Wow. Episode 12. That's crazy that we're that we're this far. Yeah, I know. We got a Boy. dozen, and then tomorrow or next week, we'll have a baker's dozen. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yep. Okay. So now we're going to kick off the episode, I guess. What are we doing uh, today? Yeah. So first we are going to actually do a little bit of change up here. Give the, who am I a break for a little bit. And we decided to substitute the who am I with some sporkle quizzes. Um, we've chosen two, what we think are going to be challenging yet fun sporkle quizzes to do to book in the episode. And then in the beef of it, we'll just be kind of reacting to the world of soccer within football um throughout this past week so Craig yeah do you want to describe the first sporkle quiz we're going to do yeah so the first one is is it the fantasy or is this one scroll to the top um so this one it's an interesting quiz it's naming the 11 most used players so basically the starting 11 for top six teams uh, or big six like United, City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham. Um, so big six teams who have gotten 65 points or fewer um, in a Premier League season since 2008. And we're going to see how many of... They have, a, they, have a lot, uh, they have a lot of these big six teams listed since 2008. We're going we're gonna to try and see how many teams we can fill out um, in five minutes. And the, the ones we're aiming for are Arsenal 2019-20, Tottenham 2019-20, Manchester United 13, 14. So we'll we'll try to knock those three out. If we can knock those three out in under five minutes, then we'll we'll try to move on to the next one. But those three we think are pretty simple. Um, but yeah, Clay, whenever you're ready, start the timer. Yes, let's go. We're gonna give it a shot. I think that these will be pretty good, and we're gonna try to get it. What do you say? Seven minutes. Seven. I said five. Oh yeah. I think five. I think five. All right, five minutes. We'll give it five minutes. So. We're going to count down in three, two, one, begin. Okay, so I think we should start with the Tottenham team because it's the most recent. We got... 1920. So Lloris. Lloris is going to be in goal. Aurier. 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 Colombia is Davinson Sanchez. Yeah. Belgium um, is going to be Toby. Yeah, and then the other Belgium will be Jan. How do you spell Toby Alderweireld? How do you spell that? Just, just type in A L D E R. Oh, just we'll come back to. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. The last one is Vertonghen. Vertonghen. T O N G H E N. Midfield. Um, French midfielder. Is that Ndombele? Ndombele, yeah. Um, and then England midfielder. Uh, probably Eric Dyer. And Domblay is not coming in here. All right. Um, Dyer. Put in yes. Eric Dyer. No, it's going to be Harry Winks. There we go. Brazilian nice. midfielder. Okay. Lucas Mora. Mora. Yeah. You can just type in Mora. Yeah. England. Um, well, they have another. Kelly? Maybe. But Dilly is going to be one. Yeah, and then you can talk about Son. Okay, 
So we are missing another Belgian defender. We know that's Alderweireld, but I don't know how to spell it. Okay, I'll look up the spell. Or are we allowed to look up spellings? Okay, let's let's just keep going. England. Okay, let's move to Arsenal. So type in Leno. Um, David Luiz. David Luiz. Socrates. For Greece. Yes. Is this one? Um, this is Bosnia and Herzegovina. Um, that's gonna be. Oh, uh, what's his name? Kalasinac, maybe. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay, Spain. Type in Bellerin. Oh no, that's Ceballos. Definitely for Spain. Oh yeah. Midfielder. Is it gonna be um, Ganduzi? Yes. Yes, Switzerland. Jaka for the Switzerland. English midfielder. Jaka? Um, yeah. France forward, Lacazette. Yeah, and then Aubameyang. Who are we missing? We're missing an Ivory Coast midfielder from 1920. No, 2020. <laughs> Not 1920. Yeah, yeah the 1920-2019-2020 season. Um Okay, okay, we got it. Let's, let's do the let's do the United team. We'll come back to these ones later because we're only we only have two minutes. Okay, United. Okay. Type in De Gea. Uh, where are we? I got here. Yeah, De Gea. Rooney. Um, I, I want to say yeah. You can go Rooney, go Van Persie. I think that Belgium is. I was gonna say Yanuzad. It's probably Fellaini. Try Fellaini. A I N I. L L A I N I. Type it, type in Yanuzai, J A N U Yanuzai. No, yeah, Z A J. A J. There it is. Okay. Um, then type in Ashley Young, just Young. Type in Valencia. Oh, Young was not one? No. Type in Valencia. I see Ecuador. That's definitely Valencia. Yeah, that's definitely up. Um, um, type in Phil Jones, Rio Ferdinand. <laughs> oh, no, no, Rio, Rio left. Type in Jones, um, type in Vidic, um, France, French defender. Oh, no, uh, two other England it. midfielders, too. Uh, Carrick. Yep. Okay. French defender, you England, tried defender England midfielder. I'll think, but did you try um did you try Delhi for Oh. That's good, that's good. For okay. for Tottenham, okay, yeah. Nice, nice. So we only oh, need one oh. more. Sissoko. Yeah, there we go. So we got all oh, Sissoko. And then we need one more for Arsenal. An Ivory Coast midfielder. Who are we missing? An Ivory Coast midfielder. Who plays in their midfield? Ivory Coast midfielder. I don't know. Can't think of anybody. And we're at five minutes. Oh, now. Pepe. Was that this season? Or Pepe was last season? Right? Yeah, that was this season. Bottom? Okay, so we got yeah. all five okay, minutes. Cool. Okay, so we just need. Oh, we're past five minutes. Okay, let's let's see if we can do the before seven minutes. If we can do the United. So we're only missing three players: um, English defender, French defender, and English midfielder. Try try Smalling. Or maybe even Evans. Yeah, that's gonna be it. Yeah, French defender. Well, Evans is not English. 
A French defender. Oh, I'm going to kick myself when I don't figure it out. Okay, who else? And an English midfielder. Who played with Carrick? Uh, Carrick Fletcher? No, that was too late, right? You can try him, but I think it's too late. Um, he's not even English, so that's not a good guess. Um, English midfielder with Michael Carrick. Oh, I don't know. Is it Danny Welbeck? Oh. No, he's a forward. You can try it, but they wouldn't list him as a midfielder. No. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, we have one more minute. One more minute. Okay. French defender. How can I not think of a French defender? From oh, 2013? oh, oh, uh, Evra. Yeah. Oh, no. Dude, the legend. You forgot the legend. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, so who do we have? We have Carrick. We need an English midfielder. One more player. We already got Carrick. Uh, 13, 14. Vidic? Oh, we already got Vidic. Okay. Um, an English midfielder. Oh, we're out of time. We're out of time. Oh, no. Seven. Oh, we're going to fail. Seven, Come on. Six, five. Oh, this is all on me. Three. I two, expected you to one. carry for this oh. one. All right. Oh, I can't. Who was it? You know what? I can't believe. Tom Cleverly. Oh, you know what? I thought I. Oh, my God. I literally. I didn't want to say it. I don't know why I didn't say it. That was one of the first names that came into my mind. And I was like, no, he was. He left the season. Oh, I thought he was a season before, but Damn. oh, that's bad because I thought of him. Um, no, no, I thought of him, so I don't feel as bad. What I do feel bad about is, is Patrice Evra. How was I looking for a French United defender and I couldn't think of Patrice Evra? Yeah, that's pretty that's bad. bad. But cleverly, I did think of actually. Um, and I just don't know why I didn't say him. Wow. That was pretty good, though. We got all right. of the Arsenal team, all of the Tottenham team, both from 2019 oh, And then we missed one from United 2013-2014. That's not bad. That's not bad. Oh, but I had it, too. Why didn't I just say it? Why didn't I say it? Oh, I didn't want to embarrass myself, but it was Tom Club. <laughs> I think you're more embarrassed now. Yeah, I'm, well, I was already embarrassed because of Patrice. Oh, all right. well, well done. You that picked it up good. Patrice, at least. Yeah. That would have been... All right. <clears throat> hopefully the hopefully the quiz at the end goes better. But that was yeah, that wasn't horrible. But I'm embarrassed in my own performance. <laughs> okay. So now we're gonna discuss, I guess, the first games of the week that were relevant. And that was the Champions League games. Featured Chelsea versus Real Madrid and City PSG, um, which took place on Tuesday and Wednesday, respectively. And Craig, yeah, what what are your first impressions from the Chelsea Real Madrid game? I mean, Chelsea are are just on fire right now, aren't they? <laughs> um, yeah, they don't. I mean, everything they everything they do, almost. I mean, I know it was one one, but still. Um, I know you messaged me like half of thirty minutes into the game, saying that Chelsea are absolutely dominating. Um, the game and and that was the truth and that seemed to be the consensus and so I mean playing against a very very a very good team I think everybody would have agreed that Chelsea are the underdogs um, and maybe they still are well I I would still think so but but I could be wrong um, but you know they went 
they got an away goal. They they actually should have scored more than one. They should have been up by by two or three by halftime. I mean, Werner had that chance that he missed as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to give credit to Tuchel and you got to give credit to to Chelsea. And even if they don't go on and win the Champions League this year, which I don't think they will, um, but you know, everyone's talking about the stars lining up the last time they did it, the new manager, middle of the season, blah, 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 blah. Even if they don't win the Champions League this season, um, I think they're still showing that they're going to be really, really dangerous next season. Um, yeah, although, although we've seen this before, this is very similar to at the end of last season. We were like, oh, Chelsea are going to be really, really dangerous next season. Um, they got a good coach. They were playing good attacking football. And then not only that, but they went and signed like six very, very good players. Um, and this season hasn't gotten amazingly. So we'll see. But they're looking dangerous and you got to give them credit. It'll be very interesting to see what happens in the next leg. Yeah, I think this game is really a tale of two strikers, if you can know what I mean. On one hand, you had Chelsea, who really, as I said to you earlier, was they really dominated the game. And I think that they really controlled the the flow of the game, especially in the first 30 minutes where I thought that they were going to run away with it. It seemed like they were just launching launching attack after attack. But yet, I know Timo Werner missed a few chances and they just didn't have the finishing there. They didn't have their finishing boots on. And on the other side, Madrid didn't play very well, but yet Benzema had this wonderful, wonderful goal to salvage the 1-1 draw. And, you know, I mean... What a goal. Well, it's quite the goal. You know, if you guys didn't see it, he took in the cross off his chest and hit it off, hit the ball off his volley. And just really, Mendy had no chance to save that for Chelsea. And, man, I, I, I don't really know exactly who, Craig, who do you think would be happier with their 1-1 result? Would it be Chelsea because they Chelsea. have an away goal? Or would it be Madrid? Because, you know, Madrid, on the other hand, they could, you can make an argument that they're pretty happy with the result given their performance. Oh, so, so here's a different question, right? So before, if you ask like just performances aside, like who's more, like who is the result better for? The result's definitely better for Chelsea because they're, they were definitely underdogs and they've gone, they've gotten a way goal um, comeback that they can defend at Stanford Bridge. I think if you had offered Chelsea a 1 1 draw within a way goal, before their game, I mean, they would have bitten your hand off. Every single player and, and the manager would have bitten your hand off. And Madrid would not have, they would not have, they would not have wanted that. I think they would definitely would have wanted to win there and definitely a clean sheet. But um, as the game unfolded, you may be right. You know, maybe Chelsea are, they'll be happy with the result, uh, but they'll be probably a little bit disappointed that they didn't just, you know, especially if Timo Werner scores and it's 2-0, then you never know what can happen. The games can just start running away. Um, and so they'll probably be a little bit disappointed that they didn't have a couple more goals. And then, um, yeah, they, they deserve to win the game, especially from the first half. Um, and then, you know, Madrid, I mean, that's what happens when you have world-class players. All it takes is one, you know, one moment from a player like Benzema. Um, right. I mean, all know his quality. And then all of a sudden, I mean, the, the game goes from something that could have been 2-3-0 to just 1-1. And Madrid have everything to play for in this next game. And if it goes to extra time, then um, Madrid actually have a slight upper hand because then they get all that extra time to score another away goal. So, yep, yep. yep. I mean, looking forward to the next leg, as you were kind of alluding to, uh, good news for Madrid is that they're probably going to have Sergio Ramos 
and Furlan Mendy back to bolster up their defense. But some bad news is apparently Varane came off at halftime or something in the middle of their game um, at the weekend. So he's kind of a question mark, but really, really good to, to hear that for them that Ramos, who is their by far their, their leader of the team, is going to be back to try to kick on the team and try to make a run for another Champions League final for them. Yeah, we all know Ramos is, I mean, he makes himself known in big games and in small games, but especially in big games, the amount of thing, the amount of, the importance he has had in Madrid winning trophies, especially Champions League in the past, yeah. cannot be understated. So his return. In the Champions League final. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a great contribution. Some, some, some Liverpool fans have, have negative memories, but, but <laughs> I mean, Madrid are, that's going to be huge to have him back. He's a winner. Definitely, definitely. The other game. Right, what were your thoughts on? Yeah, well, you you go first, Sam. What were your thoughts on the other game? Yeah, yeah, the City PSG, PSG Man City two one and a red card for PSG. Yeah, that was. I said that the first game was a tale of two strikers, and similarly, I think the City PSG game was a tale of two halves. I mean, the mm-hmm. first half you see PSG completely dominating the game. You know, Neymar and Mbappe looked unstoppable, and I was thinking, oh, here we go again. City make it to they're beginning to make us believe that they can win the Champions League. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go again. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And then second half, they come around and man, they looked, they just, it was literally a tale of two halves. Like it, it was almost as if the teams went into the locker rooms and switched, switched jerseys, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't really know what to think other than the announcers during the TV. I'm not sure if you were watching the same stream as I was, but they kept on saying, oh, PSG really got to comp, like they really got to take advantage of this, of this advantage they have right now because City are not going to come back on the, come out from the second half on the back foot. They're going to make adjustments at halftime. They, they knew that Pep was going to be able to make adjustments and, and try to take the game back to PSG in the second half. And that's exactly what they did, right? They scored two goals, and you can really, really see the PSG mentality and their whole squad start to implode on themselves. And that was highlighted by the red card that was pretty blatant, pretty pretty rash, and I don't think anybody really had any issues with that red card, right? Um, and that was kind of just yeah. a summary of what happened to PSG in that game. Yeah, I think... Honestly, I didn't. Well, okay, don't get me wrong. City were City were good in the second half, much better than they were in the first half. Um, but I didn't think, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I didn't think City were brilliant um, or like you know at their best or anything in the second half. I really think that the scoreline is much more what you were discussing is much more a result of PSG's implosion. Rather right. than I agree. City like, I stepping up if their City game. Were, if City were really on top of their game in the second half, this contest would be over. You know? Yeah. The the thing is, those two goals, like, with all respect to City, I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is the result. But those were two of the worst goals I've ever seen. I mean, the both goals were just complete PSG errors. Like, Manchester City did nothing. I mean, right. for the goals, specifically. The... The first goal was at what like a cross. It could be a cross, and Navas is just um, standing just, there watching it. Yeah, and yeah, they just bounced over the keeper. 
maybe he was unsighted. But anyways, it's not something that like, you know, Manchester City, like, oh, it's not like PSG can hold up their hand to be like, oh, it was a good goal. Like, this was all their fault. The second goal, I mean, have you ever seen a worse, a worse wall before? I mean, oh, my gosh. Th- that was the worst free kick. Okay, not the worst, but it was, it was, a, it was the one place that you don't want to put a free kick is right in the center of the wall because that's what the wall is there for, is a block. Riyad Mahrez put his free kick literally dead center of the wall. And what should have been a horrific free kick ended up being, you know, what people are going to say, oh, great free kick. I don't know if people are going to say that, but he scored a goal. Um, and, you know, he got his team in the semifinal to 2-1 up because it just went straight through. I can't remember who it was. who kind of turned their back a little bit. But uh, if you're in a wall, you cannot let the ball go. I understand if it goes like kind of like a little bit around your head or like it goes under you or something, but you can't just – there was just a big hole in the wall and that's just defeats the purpose. I mean, they would have been better off not being in the wall because then at least Navas would have had a chance because he would have been right. also expecting and also would have been able to see it. That second goal was in Navas's fault because he had no chance, but two of the worst goals, all PSG's fault. Um, and then they go and combine up with the red card. So I think that they really got themselves to blame, but yeah, of course, give credit to city, they improved um, and they didn't concede, but, but I do think PSG were, I do think defense, yeah, attacking wise, they weren't on top of it. And we agree that if they were on top of it, then the scoreline would have been much harsher in the second half. However, hmm. defensively, I mean, in the second half, City really, really shut down PSG. You know, the in the first half, Neymar specifically was sure. tearing them apart. And he was out there having oh, yeah. fun, you know, laughing and stuff. And then in the second half, I don't even remember his name being called. <laughs> Right. And yeah. another thing is that, man, Kylian Mbappe, he had zero shots, not even on target, zero shots in the whole game. When's yeah. the last time you heard of that happening? Right. Maybe he was pressing. It's unbelievable. I mean, one, many, many years, not many years ago, but a few years ago when he was on Monaco and they played City in the Champions League. That was his one of his big coming out games. Right. He tore them apart. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, oh, I have to. He felt the pressure that he had to. I'm really just speculating here, but maybe he felt the pressure like, oh, I, I have had success versus them in the past on a worse team or a, a, a team with a lesser name in Monaco versus PSG. And so now I really have to put up my best performance. And he really was invisible for the entirety of the game. Um, and then another thing that I, I yeah. do from this is that these teams, you know, I even joked before that when the draw has happened that, it was the oil bowl, right? You have the two clubs with oil money <laughs> coming out and spending tons and tons and tons of absurd amounts of money on players. But hmm. really the city versus PSG team building strategies are very, very different. And they contrast each other in a lot of different ways. You know, you look at the city bench and they have Sergio Aguero and Gabriel Jesus and all these different quality players on their bench. Whereas PSG are bringing on like Moise Keane, who they don't even ha- own. They, they're loaning him in, right? So mm. PSG have two, are definitely two top five players in the world, I'd say, in Mbappe and Neymar. But as, after that, if you're listing the best players in the game in that match versus City versus PSG, I think the next probably two through eight to 10 would be all City players. And then you get to Di Maria and maybe Verratti for PSG. But 
I mean, the amount of depth that City has and their their strategy for for building their squad was buying lots of quality, quality players, whereas the PSG strategy was to spend most of their money on these top two players. And really, yeah, it has gained them a lot. I'm, de- I'm sure it financially has gained them a lot in the in their amount of exposure because they have own Neymar and they own Mbappe, two of the biggest names in, in the sport, right? But in terms of success, is that really the most successful style and strategy to build a successful team? Yeah, PSG definitely don't have the depth that they had um, a few years ago. I, I still remember looking at the PSG bench in like 2016-17 and I'm thinking like similar to what you think of when you see the, the city bench right now, just that those players should all be starting on, you know, a team that's at the very top of Europe, but they're still on the bench. So they did used to have depth, um, but, you know, they've lost a lot of it. Um, yeah, it's a good point, and City definitely have it. So keeping that in mind, what do you think? Do you think City can hold on um, to this 2-1, uh, 2-1 lead and go through to the final? Because PSG, I think, for most people, were the favorites, not for this matchup specifically, but just to win the Champions League. Um, everyone yeah, knew that City would be a tough matchup. Yeah, but, yeah. But PSG... When the draw was made, I, I think we both picked PSG to go through. And... Yeah, I mean, because they were brilliant. They were. They were. I'm going to... I'm going to actually... I'm going to... Man, it's going to be tough for them to make up on the two away goals that City picked up in this last game. I don't mm-hmm. really... But I don't think that would be an issue with for them, just given the amount of firepower that they had and that yeah. Pochettino is, is a good manager, right? You can't discount him mm-hmm. as a good manager. And... Yeah, they had a red card. So I think it was Gay. Was it Gay who had the red card? Yeah. Yeah, Justin Gay. So he's going to be suspended. But they have other options in midfield. And I I really think that they're going to probably send Verratti to more of like a holding a deeper role. He was playing pretty far forward this game, but they'll probably slide him back and then put in one of their other midfielders. Um, and I think that Oh man, it's gonna be really tough. I think this game is gonna be a lot of fun to watch because PSG are gonna to try to come out and they have to. They have to, right? They have to score two. They have to score two goals. And with that, I don't think that given City's defensive record this year, that they're gonna be able to do that without opening themselves too much in the back. So I'm gonna to have to pick City to go through this time. Yeah, I think logically I agree with you. I think it's hard to bet against City. I would like to see PSG actually winning this. Um, I'm not sure why. I don't really have any, you know, I, I shouldn't really care. I, I don't really care. Um, but for some reason, I'd like to see PSG coming back and winning this um, just because I feel like they've been really, really good um, in the Champions League this year. Ever After losing to Manchester United at the very beginning, ever since then, they've been pretty solid. Um, and yeah, you never know with Neymar and Mbappe. I, I think, oh, I don't even want to say it. I think City are definitely in a, in the better position now, but I want PSG to go through. Yeah, and you I never mean, know with Neymar, with Neymar and Mbappe on a pitch. Yeah. And Maria. Like I said I earlier, the their contrast of styles and PSG still do have two top five players in the world, and yeah. for that reason, I want to watch them as much as I can. You know, we get to watch Manchester City every single week. It's very accessible in the United States, whereas the French yeah. side is a lot less accessible. And with that, 
you cherish every single opportunity that you get to to see these world-class players play. And so I would really like to see them, Neymar and Mbappe, I would like to see them get through to the Champions League final. However, I don't think that they will be able to do it, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. No, no, that definitely makes sense. What about the other game then? Madrid, Chelsea. I... Again, I want to back Madrid, but I'm finding it harder and harder to go against Chelsea. Not because I think they're a better team, but just because they're just pulling out results when they need to. And maybe it is written in the stars. Who knows? Um, it's hard It's hard to see Chelsea. I mean, they're the worst out of the four teams still in it by far. But, you know, sometimes that doesn't matter. But I'm going to back Madrid. But Chelsea are scaring me. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they go through. Yeah. I mean, uh I picked Madrid at the beginning when this tie was made, and I think I'm going to back it up, especially with the return of Ramos. I think that he's going to be able to get them a little kick in the butt and be able to overcome. I mean, th- their result wasn't the worst thing in the world. You know, I think, like, like I said, Zidane probably would have taken a 1-1 draw, not before the game, but given their performance. Mm-hmm. And really, they only have some they can only go up from that performance i think that was probably their worst showing that they could have possibly put forth and yeah with that i'm and they still drew right so i'm gonna pick madrid to make it through and then we'll see hopefully if i'm correct on all my predictions then we'll see madrid versus manchester city in the final which would be also that would be a fun final you know I would love to see a Madrid City or a Madrid PSG final. Um, and oh, don't get me wrong, Chelsea have so many. Uh, I mean, Chelsea, even if Chelsea make it the final, that should also be a great game because they, they have so many very exciting um, attacking players. For whatever reason, though, the, the prospect of Real Madrid versus City or PSG is much more exciting than the prospect of Chelsea versus PSG or City. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. And then another European game that was quite surprising, fun to watch, Craig United. Mm. We're going to discuss them. A little bit of Europa League action here. United won 6-2 to two versus Roma. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, United have done this. I, I've lost count now how many times we've done this. Um, just be a complete second-half team and um, – there's also I, I've also lost count of the number of times that United have gone behind this season and then come back and won the game. We still I think we're yet to lose an away game in the Premier League, um, and ev- almost every away game that we've won, we've gone down first and then come back and won as well. So we've it's not necessarily something new because we've seen United do it. I mean, time and time and time and time again this season. But um, I mean, as a United fan, definitely. Super, super fun to watch just to see. It's always good to see your team scoring six goals. Um, but more importantly, it's, it's good to see um, players like Bruno Fernandes, who people claim doesn't show up in big games. Yes, it's Europa League, blah, 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 but the semifinal. Um, so it's good to see Bruno Fernandes just show his absolute class and get two goals, two assists. Um, Pogba was brilliant, two goals, two assists. Um, Edin, or he didn't get two goals, sorry. Edinson Cavani got two goals, two assists. Pogba scored and had an assist or two. So it was just everybody. Actually, Rashford didn't have too much of an impact on the game, but Pogba, Pogba Bruno, and Cavani were just brilliant. Um, 
and Cavani especially. I mean, I can't impress on you how good he's been when he has played this season, even when he doesn't score, which isn't often. But just we, he had, and he had a few chances that he missed as well. But the thing is, we wouldn't even have have had those chances if he wasn't on the field. Just by him playing, we create so many more chances because he's always making the right runs. He's always there. Um, and more often than not, he finishes when he needs to. So it's always good to see. And more important than anything, that was what, Clay, I think our fifth or sixth semifinal in the last, since in, like last year and this year. Um, so That's all crazy. of has has t- taken United to five or six semifinals and lost every single time. Um, and so the fact that we made it through, or, well, whoa, whoa, uh, getting ahead of myself. The fact that, you know, we're, we're close to making it through if we can hold on for this next game um, is massive because it's just been a curse to get the semifinals and lose, get the right. semifinal and lose. Um, so if we can make it through to a final, um, that would be huge. So this game is huge for, for probably all those different reasons. Um, and also on the other side of the cards, um, Arsenal actually lost um, to, to Villarreal. So very, very interesting result there. They actually could have lost by more than they did lose. Right, um, especially because they, they also had a red card in that game. Yeah, that was a, that was a very, very exciting game. <laughs> but did you watch the, the United game? Yeah, so I was going to say that I was watching the first half, um, and it's really sometimes it's tough to – get the Champions League games on in the United States because they're not really televised by a main provider. And so we pirate them. Oh, yeah. Any of the European games really are not Mm. televised by NBC like the Premier League usually is. So we have to pirate them. And my stream cut out at halftime and United were down two to one. And so I was following the game on my phone and it seemed like every five minutes they were scoring another goal. And I thought the app was glitched. I really did. I thought that the app wasn't working because I was like, there's no way that they just keep on scoring and scoring. I mean, it's not like, <laughs> even in the first half, it's not like Roma really, I mean, yeah, they were winning two to one, but you can't really tell me that they were winning the match in terms of performance. You know, it's, that part wasn't as as surprising to me that United were able to take a stranglehold on the game and actually convert their chances. Um I mean, the, the penalty that Roma got in the 15th minute was completely out of nowhere. I think that was the first time they even brought the ball into their box and they got a mm. penalty, right? Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, you have to pick United to go through to the next round. I think you and I both would. And then on the other side, like you said, Arsenal escaped a catastrophe. I mean, it also already was a catastrophe, losing 2-1 to one in the Europe League semifinal to Villarreal. But Considering they got a red card in the 57th minute, I mean, and then they didn't really let up a goal. They didn't let up a goal after that. So they're playing down one man and still didn't go down another goal. And instead, they got a penalty, and now they're going to the second leg two to one. And who knows? Maybe they'll be able to get a get a good performance in, and we'll see it at all-English Europa League final. Yeah, very controversial, by the way, as well, their penalty. So you could definitely say that they got away with, um, and also Villarreal got a red card as well. Um, so Arsenal got away with a bad performance because that's not the worst result. 2-0 wouldn't have been great. It could have been 3-0. It could have been more. Um, 2-1 for that yeah, performance. All you need is really, one, one home goal, especially 
that was their away leg, right? So if they win one to zero in the next leg, they'll go through on away goals. Exactly. So two one is really like they they've they've got to be happy with the results based on that performance. Um, and so I actually, as much as I don't want to see them, um, assuming United go through, um, I would actually, I would, I think I would back Arsenal to, I don't know, Aubameyang or someone to, to show up and score a goal um, and get them through, um, which I wouldn't want, actually, because United have had a very bad um, record against Arsenal for the last few years. Um, like, I can't actually remember the last time. The last time I remember United beating Arsenal was Jesse Lingard and Romelu Lukaku scoring in the 3-1 win and Lingard doing his little, like, um, what's it called? Like the uh, the okay. Billy Rock oh. <laughs> dance, yeah. Um, so it was a long time ago, and I can't remember us beating them ever since. So um, I think we will see United, in the, uh, we will see Arsenal in the final, but I will be more than happy to be proved wrong. Right. Yeah, I think that's what about you? on the same page there. Um, I mean, selfishly, I still have a slumber of hope that Liverpool can make the Champions League next year, even though with every single day, it seems to be less and less likely. And with every single game, it seems to be less and less likely. However, I'm Mm. almost certain that there's some sort of rule that there's a maximum of five clubs from one country making the top four. So, I mean, if Arsenal... What? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a maximum of what? What is it? Repeat it. I'm pretty sure it's a maximum of five clubs from one country making the top, making the making the Champions League. So oh, hypothetically, okay. hypothetically, if I mean obviously City are going to win the league, United are pretty much in the Champions League also, and so if the mm-hmm. top four ends up being City, United, Leicester, and West Ham, so so Chelsea don't end up in the top four, but they win the Champions League, and then Arsenal win the Europa League. That's your five teams right there, right? So, oh, or maybe you're, I'm not really sure exactly how the numbers are, but I'm pretty sure that Arsenal winning the Europa League would be bad. They would take another, they would obviously take an English spot in the, um, in the Champions League because the winner of Europa League qualifies automatically. So I'm not exactly sure how the, the how the rules are. I, I'm, I've tried to read them before. But if Liverpool makes top four, if Liverpool makes top four, then they'll be in for sure, right? Not necessarily considering. So yeah, in that scenario, like if, if Chelsea and Arsenal both win the Champions League, then they both automatically qualify. So then you only take the top three from the Premier League to go in the Champions League. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Interesting. Assuming that Chelsea and Arsenal are both not in the top four. Right. Huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really – I know the rules are complex. I'm not sure exactly how they work, but, yeah, interesting. So, I mean, um, selfishly, I'm going to root for Villarreal, but also I think that um, Arsenal versus United would be a fun matchup in the championship. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, lots to look forward to. We um, – yeah, okay, I'm we looking here. It says, some... it says there could be a maximum of five teams from one country in the Champions League. So, oh, interesting. So it'd be interesting to see exactly what the rules are. Um, so it says, yeah, it causes a bit of a mess if English teams win both European competitions but neither finish in the top four. 
So that's kind of what I was alluding to in that if Arsenal and Chelsea both win the Champions League, then it doesn't really – top four is irrelevant. It becomes a top three competition. And, and, and it I, goes to show actually – it goes to show how bad the big six teams or most of the big six teams have been this year. I say big six in quote unquotes. Um, how bad the big six teams have been this year in the Premier League. The fact that to if I mean you wouldn't ever really think it's possible for the Champions League and Europa League winners, um, especially Champions League, to not even be in the top four. Um, not that it's not happened before or anything, but um, the fact that there's a good chance that both teams are not in the top four, but both teams could win the European competitions or is, I mean, crazy. We've had a crazy season. But uh, moving back to the Premier League, let's, let's, let's go a little, let's do a little top four update. Let me pull up the table. Let's tell everybody where, where the teams are standing. So, um, all right, so United are, in six, are looking, looking good at uh, 67 points in second place. Leicester are four points behind, but they have a game, or they've played a game over United. So United have a game in hand over almost all the teams below them. Leicester 63 and third. Chelsea in fourth with 61. West Ham um, currently, um, West Ham are currently playing Burnley and winning 2-1, which is why they are in fifth with 58 points. Tottenham in sixth with 56 after that big win. Um, Gareth Bale hat-trick yesterday. And then... Liverpool um, in seventh with 54, but they have a game in hand. Um, yeah, and then I guess Everton in, in eighth um, with 52, but they also have a game in hand. So it's a tight one. It's it's so tight. It's so hard to call. But the thing is, too, that tight differences, every game that we get closer to the end of the season, um, like all of a sudden one or two points becomes much, much harder to um, – to close a one or two point gap, yeah. frankly. Yeah, I mean the rule, I, the general rule of thumb that I've heard is that when the amount of games left left is less than the points differential, that's when it's really really tough to close that gap. You know, mm. so considering from my perspective, Liverpool have five games left, and they are seven points behind Chelsea. It's going to be tough. It's gonna be tough. Um, so what do we think? Should we should we do some predictions then, and we'll see who gets some. Yeah, we, I think we can. We'll get some um, and then after that, we should definitely talk about what happened between the United protesters and how they disrupted the oh. United Liverpool game. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that first, actually. So, because the reason United and Liverpool have a game in hand is because. Um, of the massive protests, um, the biggest of any club so far. We've seen protests for a lot of different clubs, but the biggest one so far by the United fans all over Manchester, outside the team hotel, outside the stadium, inside the stadium. Um, huge protests against the Glazers. It obviously means um, a lot to United fans. Uh, well, I'm a United fan as well, so I guess I'll let you speak first, Clay, as a someone who's not a United fan. But what were your thoughts yesterday? Oh, well, on one hand, I was a little bit <laughs> bittersweet because I want this is the biggest game every single year in English mm. football. And I was really looking forward to it, especially with the, as you said, the ramifications 
Um, and, you know, Liverpool are still fighting to finish as well as they can and as high as they can in the league. Um, however, I really, really think that, yeah, the, the concept of the protests was good, right? They, the fans are fighting for what they want. Um, but the minute that it turned violent and dangerous, I think that that, I mean, in, in any sort of protest is not really the, the, the best way to achieve the change that you want, right? I mean, yeah. once, once the once the protest turned more into like a riot setting, it wasn't really a riot, but it was definitely there was violence. And I saw a picture of like a of a policeman who or a security guard who had gotten injured because they're throwing glass bottles everywhere. I mean, it definitely was not a pleasant yeah. experience. And they broke into the stadium, causing damage and security breaches to the point where they had to cancel the game. And yeah. So now instead of the focus, I mean, yeah, they got lots of publicity, but instead of the focus being on what the protests were for, it's more of the fact that they happened and the consequences of, of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, this is definitely, I would like to hear your, your, your take on this because as a United supporter, do you think that these protesters were in the right space? Like, do they have the best intentions of the club in mind or were they just like some rogue quote, United quote unquote fans? Well, so 99% of them, maybe even 99.9% of them did because keep in mind, these protests were massive. Right. So there were like hundreds, maybe, I don't, I don't want to say thousands, but I don't know how many people, but definitely hundreds and hundreds of people um, out um, at this protest. And most of them were there for the right reasons and were there to protest peacefully, but pretty powerfully um, against the Glazers and, and show them, you know, that this is, this can't continue. Like this means a lot. Um, and like, we've had enough. Um, unfortunately, like you said, the point, the point 0.1% um, that got violent, that broke things, that did anything, maybe the people who decided maybe not to follow COVID protocol, things like that. There's people who did things that they didn't need to, um, just like you said, it doesn't make any sense because not only are there bad things to do, um, and but also it doesn't make logical sense because it distracts from your purpose and it make, paints you to be the bad guys when you could have so easily been the good guys. Um, and 99% of them were the good guys. So unfortunate to see that, but, well, not but, unfortunate to see that, period. Also, um, also it is... It was still a powerful statement from the other people who, who did who did it the right way. Um, I'm not sure what effect it'll have on the Blazers because they've proved before that they couldn't care less um, about what the fans think of them and um, you know all these protests and things like that. But I mean, the fact that the fact that they gathered in these numbers and they were able to cancel the like you said the biggest game in English football. Um, the biggest match in English football, um, I mean, kind of shows that it's a big deal. And and some fans, whether right or wrong, definitely wrong, but some fans are willing to go to to some extremes as well now, which is which is not good. Um, and it's all because of the Glazers. Um, so, you know, I can only hope, it's probably false hope, but I can only hope that the Glazers will at least some way, they're not going to sell the club just because of this, um, but I can at least hope that maybe this will kind of nudge them to maybe interact because they don't even, they haven't in however many years, 16 years or whatever, since they've had the club, like 
they don't even interact with the fans at all. There's no interaction. They, they're literally just owners sitting right. behind or sitting over in America, um, taking money out of the club. Um, I mean, we've all seen, you know, the pictures of Old Trafford is probably in one of the worst for, for a big club, quote unquote. Um, it's probably in one of the worst conditions of any Premier League stadium with the, the roof leaking, the paint's all gone, United's training ground isn't great. I mean, they haven't invested any money um, obviously apart from like buying players, but they haven't invested money in the club. They haven't done things that um, like just simple things that keep them in the stadium. <laughs> um, yeah. I saw, uh, I saw one, I saw one article or maybe it was a tweet about how it was talking about the leaky roof and it was especially leaky apparently one day when United were hosting city and they're saying how it was kind of a metaphor and a contrast of how, yeah, both teams have semi-recently undergone new ownership. And on one hand, you have the city owners who are just funneling money into the club, whereas the United owners are funneling money out of the club. They have a leaky roof. You yeah. know, the, the, the pockets of the club are leaky and because now the it's leaking money to whatever the owners are paying for outside of it, right? So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. No, definitely. It's just, it's, oh, and it's just so sickening as a United fan. The best, the thing is though, I just, I don't, I can't, unless people all around the world, I mean, United has so many like fans all around the world, unless most, the majority of those fans can unite and not just do protests, but actually stop buying United merchandise. When people are out to go back to games, stop attending games, actually start starting the club of money for the glazer or so make sure the glazers it's not a good business investment anymore i'm not sure the impact this will have because they don't care um but the best i can hope for i don't think they're going to sell the club they're not going to engage in any of this fans should have a say in the club um as much as i wish they would but the best thing that i can hope that can come out of this is at least they'll at least they'll engage more and at least this will maybe this whole super league thing and this whole protest will actually maybe just make them even if they don't care about the club and about football, maybe they'll just just invest just to get the positive PR, just to get some of the fans back on their side. Okay, maybe they'll you know renovate the stadium. Maybe they'll start um, investing you know in players and recruitment. Maybe they'll just start doing things that um, won't really fix the root cause because it's impossible to make yourself care about something that you don't care. But you know it's better than better than nothing. So right, right, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is the first the first major protest that we've seen after the fallout of the Super League. And it'll be interesting to see if other clubs or other supporters of other clubs follow suit and try to make a similar or provide a similar message to their respective owners and for their teams. But it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, there's only a few weeks left in the season. And now where they're going to have to reschedule this game um, and United already have a couple they have the midweek midweek fixture this week and with the Europa League semifinal second leg. So, it's, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they put that in the schedule, probably midweek somewhere, I guess. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was hearing May 15th, 16th with a date being thrown around. I'm not sure. We'll just have to wait and see. But um, It's going to happen eventually. I mean, the, the, they, yeah, the, when it does happen. It, right. And when it does happen, it doesn't really matter when. I mean, as long as Liverpool don't lose 
if Liverpool can keep winning up until that game happens, that game's going to have massive um, repercussions for, especially for Liverpool, but maybe maybe also for United. You don't know. Imagine if that um, if that game is like the day before the final day of the season, or or the maybe even after. I guess they probably wouldn't do that just because it would take away from the drama of the last day of the year. But if it's the game mm-hmm. before the last game of the season and Liverpool need to win that game in order to get back in the top four or like have a shot at the top four, that game will be one of the most high stakes, legendary Liverpool United games in recent memory. Yeah, it'll be huge. But I honestly think even if it happens like now, I mean, I think Liverpool are in a must win scenario regardless. Definitely. I honestly think Definitely. the late, yeah, the late, the later it happens, um, the more chance, not because I think Liverpool are going to lose, but just probability-wise, the later it happens, the more chance that it will mean less. Right. Um, yeah, that makes because, sense. Um, so hopefully it happens soon when, when Liverpool really needs a win and we'll get a, a good game on our hands. But all right, let's finally do this. What do you say? Let's I say let's predict. Well, let's predict the top 10. Let's do the top 10 and we'll see um, how close we get. We'll see who gets closer. Okay. Um, at the end of the season. I'm going to do this. Do you want to just run down one through 10 and we'll. You... We'll do one, 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 one. Okay. So we'll go across. So I, I'll, I can go first. Um, I'll go, obviously. Okay. I'm going to go City first and United second. I can do the top. So I think we're both are going to do that. All right. Here's where it gets spicy. I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to give Lester. Oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Oh. Lester, what did they do? They just drew with Southampton, but they beat Palace before that. Yeah, Nacho's in good form. I'm going to let's see who they're let's see who these teams are playing. Chelsea still have to play. City, Arsenal, Leicester, and Villa. So and then we'll Leicester still have run. to play Newcastle, United, Manchester United, Chelsea, and Tottenham. Chelsea and Tottenham. That's a oh, tough they have a tough, maybe even tougher. West Ham. Oh, you know what? You know what? West Ham were playing Everton, Brighton, West Brom, Southampton. So even though a lot of people might not say they're favorites among the teams that we have right now. Ooh, I'm taking a look. Tottenham have to play Leeds, Wolves, Villa, Leicester. You know what? I think I'm going to – I'm not going to put them in third. I'm going to put West Ham in fourth. So in third place – Oh, oh and for, I think I'm going to have to go Chelsea just because they seem to be in good form, even though they have a tough run in. Yeah, I'm going to. I think I'm going to have to. Go I'm going to follow suit here with you. I'm going to choose Chelsea in third. And then, so are you picking West Ham in fourth? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing based on their run in, I was about to, but then I, I just realized that there's a five point gap in between Leicester and West Ham, which is bigger than I thought. Um, five points is a big, big gap. Um, so yeah, actually, I oh, West Ham have a much, much easier run in. So I think it's going to be close. And Leicester have shown that they can drop off at the end of the season. They've done it. Um, they've done it several times before. Oh, well, I'll give you my, I'll give you my prediction while you're thinking. Yeah, you go first. You go first. So obviously, yeah. I'm going City and United top to one and two and then mm-hmm. i'm going to choose 
Man, I, if you look at the run-ins for both Leicester City and Chelsea, they both, like you said, they both have tough, tough games to go. And conversely, West Ham and even Liverpool, with the exception of the United game, have easier run-ins. Um, but it's really a matter of the, if I think that Liverpool can win out and secure that top four spot. Man, I'm going to go with third place is going to remain Leicester, and then fourth place is going to be – I'm actually going to keep it as it is right here. So I'm going to choose Leicester third and Chelsea fourth, and then Liverpool being fifth, and West Ham going to drop out of the top five and get six. That's my prediction. I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to go – so City United – so this, I actually – I will keep the same top four. City United, Leicester, Chelsea, but I'll flip Leicester and Chelsea. Um just because of the form that Chelsea are in. Um, so I think I'll go City United, Chelsea, Leicester. I would prefer it to be Leicester, Chelsea, but I'll go City United, uh, Chelsea, Leicester. Um, and in fifth place, I'm actually, because of the run-in, I'm going to keep West Ham in there. Um, Liverpool also don't have a bad run-in, you're right. Um, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. They haven't really, they haven't really produced against the, the teams at the bottom recently which is kind of the issue. I mean, they beat Arsenal, they beat Wolves. Um, but yeah, it's not... And then... I mean, you'd rather have that versus having to play something like what Leicester's run-in is going to have to play United, Chelsea, and Leicester, three top four teams in the final... Or United, Chelsea, and Tottenham, I meant. Three top yeah. six teams in the final four games. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. I will keep, I will keep Leicester, or I will keep West Ham in fifth, though. Um, and now the question becomes: Tottenham or Liverpool for sixth and seventh for me? Um, so your top five is City, United, Leicester, Chelsea, Liverpool. My top five is City, United, Chelsea, Leicester, West Ham. Um, and in sixth place, I would, I would have gone Liverpool. Um, I might still. But Tottenham, you know, we've talked about this new manager bounce that teams seem to have. And the fact that they've just won 4-0. Oh, but they've been so inconsistent. I'll give it to Liverpool. So Liverpool 6th, Tottenham 7th for me. What about you? So I guess I'm going to go West Ham 6th and then Tottenham 7th. Um, and then there's a little okay. bit of a gap and between... Then- Everton and Arsenal between eight and nine. So I'm going to, I think Everton will stay at eighth place. Do you think that's going to be the case for you? Yeah. Eight, nine, 10. I'll go Everton in eighth, Arsenal in ninth. Um, you know, Villa and Leeds, it's not that easy to pick between the two. Let's look at the matchups. Well, actually, so who's your eight and nine? So I'm going to say Everton in eighth, and I'm actually going to go Villa in ninth because they're only one point behind Arsenal, and they have a game in hand. So if they draw or win, oh, I didn't see that Arsenal, right? So so I'm going to go. Yeah, that's a good point. Eighth Arsenal, ninth Villa, and I guess I'm going to predict Arsenal. Oh no, eighth Everton, ninth Villa, and I guess I'm going to go Arsenal in tenth. So that's my top 10. You know what? Now that you've brought that to my attention, I might, I might go, <laughs> I might go Everton Villa Leeds as 8, 9, 10, and maybe Arsenal would drop into 11th. That would be crazy. Uh, who, do, 
Who do Arsenal left? Because Leeds are also only Leeds are only two points behind Arsenal. Um. So. Okay. So we, we'll make a list of this after this so that we can remember and then we can compare who got them closer. But we're, we're pretty close. Yeah, we but are. I'll go just just for, for funsies. For funsies. Um, yeah, so that we have something a little bit different. I'll go Everton, Villa, Leeds, and uh, Tata, goodbye to Arsenal. Hopefully, or not hopefully, but uh, we'll see if they drop out. That's great. crazy if that actually ended up happening. They finished in the bottom half of the table. There's a good chance. There is a good, good chance. chance. Oh, yeah, there is. There is. All right. All right. Should we... Time to wrap up quiz? with another Sporkle quiz? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's quiz. do it. What are we doing this time? Okay, so I'm going to share my screen here for you. And this round, what we're going to do... Do you see my screen? Yes. Okay. You can, you can see the sparkle quiz up. All right. Mm-hmm. So this one is going to be, we're going to try to name the highest point scores in the fantasy premier league from last year for each team. So it has a list. No, not of, for each team. Not, no, 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 not for each team. It's just the top scores. And those are the teams. And we have the teams that they play for, but those oh, are just like the yeah, top okay. 20 fantasy. Okay. Right. So we have the top, what is it? The top 20 here. Yeah. Top 20. Fair. I think. Yeah. Looks top like 20. It, um, Premier League. Fantasy Premier League scorers. And it lists their team name on the left. And then we have to fill in the player's name on the right. So, okay. I reckon we can knock this out pretty quick. Yeah. I'm going to say, what, three what minutes? What do you think? What, what, what should we set our time limit? I think we could do less, you know, but, but but I was ambitious last. I was over ambitious last time. So let's do. Let's do three minutes. Yeah, three, I think. Yeah, we should be able to do this. All right, we got to move quick. Spelling those might get. Well, us I mean, okay. So the actual over. quiz has one has eight years, and we're only going to do this most recent year, but and it has eight years for twenty minutes. So that's like what yeah, two and a half so minutes. Over, that's yeah. two and a half minutes per per year. So let's say three minutes. Okay, I think we can do it. Let's do two and a half then. That's the time. All right, two and a half. All right, we'll do two and a half minutes. Starting in three. All right, but we got to move quick. Okay, two, one. Let's go. De Bruyne. Bruyne. Yeah, and then Salah, Mane, uh, Trent probably, um, Vardy, um, Aubameyang, uh, Sterling, Rashford, um, United, Rashford. Oh, yeah. Well, it's probably Rashford, actually, because Bruno only. Oh yeah. Oh wait. Came in at the end. United is. That's not it. Um... Okay. Okay. Move on. Well, it could be Martial, I guess. Um, no, it'd be Danny Ings for Southampton. Oh yeah. Danny, Danny Ings for Southampton. Southampton. Uh, Jimenez um, for Wolves. Yeah. Robertson for Liverpool. Van Dijk for Liverpool. That had him on my fantasy team. Right. Um, City again. Who are we thinking? City again. Uh... This is 2019-20. Did Aguero play last year or was he injured most of last year? No. Um, um, Tottenham is going to be Sun because Harry Kane was injured a lot. Yeah. 
Let's see. Another Wolves player. Triore. No. Uh, for Everton, put Richarlison. Or it would be Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, it would be Richarlison. Sheffield United? Uh, oh, my gosh. Okay. So, we have a missing United player, City, Burnley. Okay. How are we missing a United player? Try Bruno. Is it, so, it's not Fernandez, and it's not Martial. Oh, Martial. That's yes, Martial. City? Martial. Yeah. Is, is it Jesus? No. Oh, it's Mares. Okay. Oh, Burnley will be Chris Wood. It's not Chris Wood. Or Ashley Barnes. Ashley Barnes. Nope. It's not. Who would Burnley? Oh, Nick Pope? No, no way. Nick yeah, it's Nick Pope. Wow. It is. Chelsea? Yeah, Nick Pope. Oh. Um, right, 15 Chelsea. seconds left. Uh, Zuma? Zuma scores a lot from the back end. Oh. Zuma. Mount? Is it Mason Mount? No. Um, all right, we're at two and a half minutes now, so we're missing three players. Yeah, let's see how long it takes. So Chelsea, Wolves, and Sheffield. Who could the Sheffield player be? Oh, it's probably, you know, try, um, I don't know if this is right, but I know Matt used to have Lundstrom on his team, and he was getting a lot of points. L-U-N-D-S-T-R-A-M. No, that's not it. Hmm. Uh... Oh, Sheffield. Uh, try uh, Henderson. Yeah, Dean Henderson. So oh, we yeah, have Wolves Henderson. and Chelsea. Okay. Wolves and Chelsea. Who's the Chelsea player that? Okay, who was Chelsea last year? Who was getting a lot of points for that? I, I tried Tammy Abraham. That didn't work. Jorginho was taking penalties. No, Pulisic was injured for a lot of the season. Not Jorginho. Uh, Surely it wasn't Kepa or Mendy. Um, couldn't have been. No. Okay, let's do Wolves. So you tried, you tried Pedro Neto. I tried Neto. I tried Neves. Triore. I tried Triore. Oh, did you try there? There. Did you try like Willy Boli, Connor Cody? It might be a defender, you know. Connor Cody. Or Rui Patricio. I tried to retrieve Man, so we're missing a Chelsea and a Wolves player. This is going to kill me right now. Oh, is it Conte? He was Carolot, though. He doesn't put no, up fantasy stats. He, he doesn't get fantasy points. Yeah. Um, who could it be? Who are Chelsea's center backs? But they didn't have a good defensive season. Man. Oh, we're not even going to get in five minutes. This is terrible. Oof. If we don't get in the next 30 seconds, we have to give up. Okay. Chelsea, who are we missing? Is it like Reese James? Let's just start trying people now. I tried Reese James. Uh, Wolves, you tried Jota for Wolves? Yeah. Um, uh, did you try Doherty for Wolves? Huh? Doherty, Matt Doherty. H E R T Y. Oh, that is it. Oh, all right. All right. So we only missed one. Who is the Chelsea? How are we missing a Chelsea player? Who is Lillian. it? Lillian. Oh, my God. Oh, what? 
There's I no never would have gotten that. Yeah, neither would I have. That was crazy. William, wow. Did he have that good of a season? Um, I guess so. Interesting. Guess so. Top 20, I guess. Yeah, not bad. We did, we did okay, actually, because I don't think I would have thought of William just because I haven't associated him with Chelsea. Yeah, um, definitely not. Well, that's weird to say. Obviously, you associate William with Chelsea, but you don't associate Chelsea with William anymore. Um, like you think of all their new young players. Yeah. Oh. Let, us, let us know if you guys like the Sporkle quizzes more than the Who Am I or if we should alternate them or what you think. You know, you can tweet at us at CC Foot Podcast. Mm. We're gaining lots of followers by the day. It's very, very exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, we're growing, we're growing exponentially, some might say. Yes, we are. We are. And before we take over the world, you guys should give us a follow. <laughs> but all right thanks for listening everybody we'll see you again probably um at the end of this week with maybe or maybe next week with champions league updates and premier league updates yep all right thanks guys <laughs>